You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. We welcome you. Welcome back to Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero. I'm George. I'm Haley. We are back at it again. We've oh, got yeah. a big episode this week. Godzilla vs. Mothra, the 1992. 92, which yeah. a lot of people, this is a lot of people's favorites. Oh, it's you know so that? good. This it's, first, I loved it. I, this is the first time I'd seen it. And sometimes when, when I go through this old archive of, of Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. you forget just how many movies they made and how many times they've no. they've had these great monsters battle against each other. And I'm so always excited. I, I love to see when Godzilla is going to be either a good guy, bad guy, or neutral. Yes, exactly. Keeping that that's why that's why I hope for King Kong versus Godzilla next year. Yeah. I hope Godzilla's the bad guy. Yeah. But then I hope they have to unite against Mecha Ghidra. Oh that okay, that would be cool against Mecha Ghidra. All right. So if they don't do that again, we need to hire me. Yeah. I'm a Godzilla film. <laughs> Haley's a machine. That's right. Hey, but, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, let's introduce our guest this week. We've got an amazing guest this week. Amazing we've, guest. Yeah, we've got the amazing Nick Weiger. Nick, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. I don't think I can live up to amazing, but thank no, you. No, but listen, you have to. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wow. Jesus Christ. This is who you are now. <laughs> uh, at Nick, you, we, everybody knows you from the Doughboys yes. podcast, incredibly popular, and How Did This Get Played? Yes. Uh, which I was, I got to be a guest on both of those. Thank a you delight, very much. A delight it was to so have you. It was so much fun. We did, uh, we did the the talking the typing dead the typing of the dead the typing of the dead which, on how did this get played which i thought was delightful the typing of the dead rules we do bad and weird video games mostly bad yeah but we you know they they fall into two buckets they're either something like that either either a legendarily uh weird game like typing of the dead which is house of the dead reskin to be a typing tutor right or a legendarily bad game um, like Sonic 06, which oh everyone God. just fucking loathes. Yeah, yeah that is a terrible it. game. Yeah. I own I own a, a Typing of the Dead. It's great. It's on Dreamcast. Fun, I had it on Dreamcast yeah. too, yeah. On Dreamcast, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's so much fun. I have the keyboard. So the best... I, Heather loves Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, Heather's great. Which, by the way, we've had Heather on the show. Heather yes, Campbell. Yes, we had Heather Heather's great. for Amazing. Godzilla. And uh, your co-host from uh, Doughboys, Mitch. Uh, Mike oh Mitchell. yeah, we have yeah. Mitch too. Boy, that, wow. we're all in just a little circle yeah. here. And I'm the pivot point. That's right, you're the pivot point. You're the you're the peg. What do we have Mitch for oh so we had a Mitch we had a Mitch for Son of Godzilla yeah. if you guys haven't listened to that one go back and listen to it it's so uh, very silly. fun very fun yeah but uh, but Nick I was gonna say that yeah. um, the the best cosplay I've ever seen in my life was at uh, Comic Con one year someone dressed up as the typing of the dead guy oh, so oh that's right yeah so he was just like dressing in the suit and everything and he had the keyboard in the front and a little backpack in the back with the with the bullets or whatever and i was like oh my god typing of the dead and he goes yeah you're the first person to get it i'm like how how is that possible <laughs> at, so- Comic-Con. at comic-con like i could be stopped constantly yeah wow. I, guess, I guess the dreamcast really didn't sell that many units <laughs> no, it really didn't i know i i know i didn't have it i was like it was I've, such a great system it was great it was uh, i mean i'm sure it was we just never got on the we were just never on the Sega thing. Well, I don't that, know. that's a big part I feel like of childhood is if you were at all a video game player as a kid is whether you were like a Nintendo family or a Sega family or later a PlayStation family or an Xbox family. Or PC. Or PC, we were, yeah. Because we were PC and Nintendo for a long time until Me too. PlayStation. Yeah, so yeah. like when you guys, by the way, 
if you guys do more Sierra games on the show, I would love to come back on. So we just did a leisure suit, right? We did. I played we just all did, those. Yeah, we just did the mm-hmm. second leisure suit, Larry. I really, I the Sierra games. I'm, you know, some some are good, some are not as good, but the Leisure Suit Larry games are execrable. I just, I can't. They're I just so really don't like them. stupid. They're yeah. so, and the puzzles are so obtuse. Yep. Yeah, and the and just like the stories are so like God. This is, I just hate playing this fucking gross pervo. Yep, yep. They're all terrible. Yeah. Like they're, I remember like the one where he's like Leisure Suit Larry six, I think, or something, where it's like like a key part of the game is that you have to use like a toilet seat cover and take a shit. Oh, and you're like, God. what the fuck is what this? What am I doing? I know. And it came from Sierra. Like, I remember that it came from Sierra. So we were like, yeah, that's fine. And it's like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, King's Quest is dope. <laughs> yeah, King's Quest. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, King's Quest was my jam. I remember I played every single one of those. I remember playing uh, one of the Leisure Suit Larry games when I was a kid. And, and they had kind of a an age guard in there. Yes. The, the questionnaire that you had to do at the beginning that was like it would ask you like age appropriate questions right so it'd be like i think this was yeah. leisure suit larry 1 yeah. in the land of the lounge lizards where yeah the the age verification system would ask you like current contemporary pop culture for like 1984 that only an adult would know yeah. so i'm trying to remember an example but it would be like who is the star of jake and the fat man or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. some oh. like some procedural that was on tv that uh-huh. only adults would watch and this was any like pre search engines like the only search yes. engine at the time oh, was so like you yahoo just have to, that's actually pretty cool yeah, it was kind know, of a, it was kind of a neat. Uh, that's interesting. Almost like a like an adult capture. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so from around the same era, Godzilla vs. Mothra, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, in the booming era of of Dreamcasts and PC games, uh, came Godzilla vs. Mothra, nineteen ninety two. Oh, such there a good movie. This was, I was super excited to see this. Nick, you picked this one, yeah? Yeah. So I'd never seen this movie. Okay. But <laughs> I love Mothra, and I yeah. just wanted to Who do something it? Mothra related. I'm I just so think Mothra is cool. Okay. And so I'm glad I got to see this because it's great, it, yeah. and it's got so much Mothra yeah, in really such does. a yeah. like po- like kind of a poignant way. It's mm-hmm. just like very like centers Mothra, and you're just like I'm just like rooting for Mothra so hard in this. So movie. hard. It was I. I loved this. I like absolutely. I'm so happy you chose this, Nick. Um, a little background on it. Uh, so it was uh, it was released December 12th, 1992. Uh, the, directed by Takao Okawara. Uh, screenplay by Kazuki Omori. Uh, and Akira Ifukube did the the music. And uh, and let's see, we've got. Uh, it was it was an interesting time for Godzilla, all the Godzilla mm-hmm. um, films, because they were doing this. This is in a run. We've seen this in other Godzilla films of this era. Really trying to copy Hollywood films. Yeah, well, trying to yeah very heavily at the beginning, especially yeah. because it's it opens in a, in a very heavy handed <laughs> Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's Homage. the first. That's the first thing I saw because I didn't realize what year it was. What year it was released as I first started watching it, and then and I was like, "Oh, this must have been right after Raiders of the Lost Ark." But it's not. It's like it's like almost ten years after that movie was yeah. released. 
but still like that's just such in the collective consciousness that they of course were, it would and they've be done it they do it in like that we did 1991 Ghidorah with Ryan Hitchcock yes, mm-hmm. and they that. completely rip off the Terminator and oh, they have great. a guy that like runs like he like is on a Nordic track <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so wild it's so very were- heavy handed and, and then they they're like it's so many Terminator references and the director kind of like loathes Steven Spielberg like he thinks that Steven Spielberg really? yeah, was yeah. the reason his movie didn't do better because of uh, uh what was it Terminator came out this yeah, summer before Termin- and it was like and it was like E.T. Like he had just like a weird wow. thing about it. Yeah, he kept like throwing shade to, to Steven Spielberg and then even made one of the colonels in the movie like Mr. Like Colonel Spielberg. Because it's like <laughs> <laughs> and it's like in the world in World War Two. And he's like, what are you going to And He's like, boy, you've got a son on on the way. Ha ha ha. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, you're, you're sure right, Mr. Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> they, so he's trying to in, in a weird way to like take credit for Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. you guys took this from us. And it's so funny that uh, my my book that I always refer to, uh, A Critical History and Filmography of Toho's Godzilla Series by David Glatt, pick it up, uh, has a pretty, this guy, the, the snark that this guy gives on this one is pretty fun. Uh, he says, continuing with his ill-advised obsession with remaking Hollywood hits, Omori, this time only serving as screenwriter, opens the picture with a clumsily staged homage to Indiana Jones. It is, sad to say, merely the first of several Indiana Jones' scenes dominating the film's first act. Yeah. <laughs> it's so... Although, I liked it. I, I had think fun. it's great. I had a lot of fun It was fun. fun. It. I want to see more of it. I yeah. just want to see... I mean, right now, we have it on the screen. It's a section where they're they're crossing a giant rope bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much fun to see this. I want to see it in every movie, every cartoon, every TV show. Every time I see a, a rope bridge, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, I, I'm on I, board. I, I love an adventure movie. Yeah. I, I realized, like, because I was watching, like, this... I just was watching... Uh, Fool's Gold with Matthew McConaughey and and Kate Hudson, oh. and I was just watching it on TV. And I was like so captivated. I was like, oh, it's because they're on a quest. They're, on they're a like quest. trying to find gold. Great, I'm in. If some sort of treasure is involved, yes. I want a hundred percent. hundred percent. I always I always think about this as like how so many auteur directors are always trying to reinvent the wheel or something, and I'm like, you know what? Make a fucking, you know what Stephen King didn't do? Reinvent the way he just wrote yeah. like spooky, scary stories. <laughs> that, yeah. that was like, and I think somebody accused Stephen King at some point of not being like hoity toity enough in some way or whatever. And he was like, I just wanted to write things people would like. <laughs> and, it was like and it's like, guess whose name we know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I also think that, and, and to, to what we were, to, to, you know, what the author is saying here about this being a very, very heavy handed homage to. Indiana Jones it is but I think viewing it now in contemporary times it's like that's become sort of such a kind of a genre kind of a pastiche of like the adventurer and and you know we saw it we certainly see it in like things like Uncharted uh, Tomb Raider uh, National Treasure uh, uh, romancing the stone. We've just sort of seen this kind of become this own genre even I mean Jurassic Park you could kind of say you could kind of say so it doesn't feel as to me, it just feels like, oh, this is just part of living in that genre, of, like someone yeah. trying to find something. And this was like the height of that genre because yeah. Jurassic Park came out like the next year, I think, right? That's this right, was... yeah. And actually, uh, while we're on that, before we dive into the film, because I, I don't know where else this would fit, but this is another part of the article on this movie, and I find it fucking hilarious. So uh, this film did really, really well domestically. Oh. It did incredibly well domestically. It was still beat out by foreign films, but out of out of a domestic, domestic film done... Uh, and and seen domestically, it did uh, the best of any film that year. You you mean Japan, right? In Japan, yeah. Okay, got it. Um, and so, 
Uh, yeah, it was the highest grossing domestic feature for 1993, the only time a Godzilla film has achieved that honor. Uh, and it beat this film called Rex by 20 million yen, and but it didn't it didn't level against Jurassic Park. Now let me tell you about Rex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, it went. So this movie went head to head with Jurassic Park. It was called Rex. A dinosaur story. <laughs> it's, I'm on board. It's from director Haruki Kadokawa, uh, one of this guy says, "quote one of Japan's most independent of independent producers." To describe Kadokawa, imagine a combination of Lex Luthor, Donald Trump, and Richard Branson, and then imagine he ran a powerful publishing empire. <laughs> and then I guess his. Uh, he had all of this stuff, and so he decided he wanted to capitalize on the dinosaur craze created by Godzilla and Mothra and Jurassic Park, so he quickly churned out Rex. It was remarkably popular, and it actually stole a chunk of Spielberg's audience. Wow. In a surprising turn of events, <laughs> the police arrested Katakawa for cocaine use and drug trafficking. Oh, boy. So uh, that kind of ruined his career. Well, okay. Japan views that in a pretty bad light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and how quickly did he turn the script around? Like two weeks? I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So he's like this coke yeah. <laughs> Just all that. I stayed up for that. <laughs> I wrote a dinosaur movie. It's called Rex. Reminds <laughs> <laughs> me of, uh, Jordan, uh, uh, of Jordan Morris's uh, Michael Bay oh, character. Yeah. Where it's like our, our buddy Jordan Morris, who has also been on the podcast, been on the podcast, did uh, ca- does a character Michael Bay that's just covered in cocaine, <laughs> talking so, about his movies. It's, it's one so of the funny. Things. Yeah, I almost feel like if you if you just put all of the sequences of Jordan Morris doing that character back to back, it tells <laughs> an, a continuing story. <laughs> it totally does. It totally does. So, oh, and it, I gotta say too, Nick, uh, yes. the show we're talking about is the Tournament of Nerds in Los Angeles, and you have done oh, yes. for years this character uh, uh, Skeletor. Oh, Skeletor is. Yeah. Yeah. my favorite that's oh, my number one it's it really like a is. skeletor stand-up comic who roasts another superhero or comedian yeah roasting i mean and i retired this bit a few years back because it was just i think out of con people were i it got it reached more people were filming it and then out of the context of the show just uploading it it's just like wait why is oh. this guy telling all the why is this guy skeleton the guy in the Getting skeletor warped. suit yeah telling all these like filthy jokes just like well no it's in the context of this this broader show but it's uh it, yeah basically i just roast a I'd like go up there as Skeletor. It was way too high concept. I go up there as Skeletor. <laughs> uh, there for like the roast of He-Man or the roast of, you know, Man-at-Arms, some other Masters of the Universe character. Yeah. But I'd always be at the wrong show and then I'd get sad and then the, the crowd would let me do my roast jokes anyway. So I'd just do my roast jokes to someone who wasn't there and then they were all just absolutely like the filthiest like... Yeah things I could I could come up with. It, yeah, it was like double layers of out of context. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> it was really really confusing. And, <laughs> you have you have but you've you've hit a couple of those like you hit blue when you need to very well. Like cuz didn't oh, you didn't you. you write the uh that monster mash. Oh god! Yeah, I think a couple. Of, I mean, like, there's. It was on Funny or Die or something. But George yeah, is yeah. in the in the video. Yeah. Are you in the video? Yeah, I think I was Igor's dad. Yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that one. thing was funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, thank you. As, um, anyway, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Enough sucking your dick. Right. <laughs> 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 oh wait, wait a second. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it went down then up. Mm, well, you know. <laughs> we uh, we do have a live studio audience. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there's a man that always pulls his dick out. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. Yeah, that happens. It happens. That's how he cheers. <laughs> Just before we the show started, too, we were telling Nick, like, our <laughs> our fan base is so sweet and they're they're so nice. There's and then here we are just like, boner jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the customary boner jokes before we jump into your favorite <laughs> yeah, Godzilla yeah, yeah. film. Well, it came, it came about from talking about my material, so really it's... <laughs> I'm more to blame than anyone. Uh, well, but speaking of, we should get into yeah, the movie. Let's yeah, let's do it. Yes. Uh, let's so talk it about starts this. with a huge meteor, and right. it hits the Earth, uh, and and it it hits in Ogasawara Trench, and it wakes up Godzilla. So you get to see Godzilla really early, right off the bat. Which, by the way, that's my favorite thing about Japanese Godzilla movies versus American ones. American ones consistently do the tease, like, Ooh, "What does he look like? Here's a hint. Here's yeah. a footprint. Yeah. Oh my god!" And then finally, you have the reveal, like 45 minutes into the movie, after like months of teasing, and I'm like, "Man, I just can I just see it already?" Yeah. God, Japanese Godzilla movies credits, boom, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, it's right. like boom, you know who this is. Yeah, you know, and he'll be back yeah (laughs) Yeah. they've kind of uh, you know and i think a lot of american creature films have taken the lesson of jaws uh, speaking of speaking of spielberg where it's just like okay we're not going to show the shark for the first two acts and then when it finally emerges you're going to be like holy shit look at that shark but it just like with something like godzilla that's a known we fucking know what Godzilla is. Yeah, so we bring just him give out. it to tease us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's, cause there's a plenty of people that will just be watching and going, yeah. Right. <laughs> just uh, show me that Godzilla. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's what I want right from the get go. Like, don't tease me. Yeah, I just want to see it. Can I just see it? Yeah. And then see it some more. I just never want to stop seeing it. And by- <laughs> <So> then- <laughs> just, yeah, let's Godzilla. get like a picture in pictures thing where you just get, we're just having always on Godzilla corner <laughs> of the screen. I think it's really, I also realized. So my uh, my boyfriend and I were watching this, and I was like, "Are you?" It was I. I always had this thing where I'm like, when somebody outside of our nerd world wants, is like, "Yeah, I'll watch it with you." I'm like, "Are you sure? Are you, are you sure?" Because because to you this may look very stupid, and I will be cheering the whole way through. Yeah. And I think Jeff was definitely. Uh, he was like. A little mystified, I think, because Godzilla came around. I was like, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> like, I'm reminded every time, every single Godzilla movie I watch for this podcast, I'm reminded, like, oh yeah, I'm the right guy. I'm like, I need to be doing this podcast because, like, when Godzilla came up on the screen, I was like rooting in my in my living room by myself. I'm just like, 200%. yeah, there's the big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking I'm so true. excited. I'm so, and I, my favorite thing is how many people really do like Godzilla in the entertainment. Yeah. Right. Like in entertainment, like the, and there's one movie that's like the two gargantuas that Dana Gould came on and talked to us about. Uh, yeah. But it was a movie that got, Brad Pitt wanted to start acting after seeing that movie. Wow. Right. Which is like, I don't know if he wanted to fix it <laughs> or what, but yeah. There's a there's a sincerity behind these movies. It feels like maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like they're like winking while they're doing. Not at all. It. Yes. It's not like this is like like we know this looks kind of like we know this looks kind of janky. But you know, come on, we're in on the fun. Right. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's good camp. Yeah. Good like, camp. They're trying, and it, uh, you know that to me that's that to me distinguishes a period in trauma team movies. You know trauma. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Like Toxic Crusader, those type of movies. There there was a point when they made movies where they were like trying really hard and then like missing the mark and people loved those movies because they were like kind of campy but then there was a point where they became self-aware yeah and they were winking to the audience and that's when i think that it lost some of the charm well i think even speaking of uh, and and toxic avenger i think is the series uh, the i think the 
there was a like the first one was pretty gritty and like like a horror you know movie about this this mutated guy who was exacting revenge on the people who bullied him and it was in, unintentionally had some like humor to it but it was a lot darker and then the second one they, they like they started turning him into toxi and oh, he was like yeah. a, a sort of mascot sort of thing and it's still entertaining but it's just in a different way and it is it is to your point it's just like they're trying to make a comedy now absolutely yeah. and actually i have a, i have a theory on this and why this like they're why there's a lot of people like us that really like this is that we're people that also like theater Sure. Like, yeah. And I think that because because this is the kind of thing where you uh, we're agreeing to suspend some disbelief and instead of being like, convince me, yes. which I think is a much more fun way to watch things. Uh, but Godzilla films do that. They're like, listen, this is what this is. Are you on board? And you have to agree to be on board. And I love that. I'm like, because then you, then you just get to have fun. To me, I just you know, so much of this movie is an outsider might be like, this is stupid or something like <laughs> this is dumb. Jeff but, did think that. Yeah. And, and that's fine. But I would argue that there is nothing in this movie more stupid than Iron Man sad in a spaceship that's run out of fuel. Like, yes. it's just like that's just like the Marvel movies are stupid. Thank you. They're, they're yeah. gloriously stupid. Yeah. And so is this. That's just part of exactly. their. You, you have to suspend your disbelief, whether you're looking at well-crafted CG or, or you know, kaiju suits. Yes, exactly. Right. Thank you. That's so well said. I, oh, my God. I yeah. It's, uh, to me, Godzilla movies are, are wrestling with monsters. And I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was on a date not too long ago. And the hey. wrestling. Hell yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and wrestling came on the screen, and she was like, "Does anyone still care? They're fake." And I'm like, "What? What isn't like? Do you think soap operas are real? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think is real? Do you think Marvel movies are real? You watch that shit, but wrestling is the one art like uniquely that gets like criticized for being fake. I'm like, and also, watch it's a not kung fu movie. You think they're really beating the shit? <laughs> right? Out of each other. It's more real than kung fu because they're actually yeah. taking the hits." Yeah, they are taking the hits. They're just like, yeah. yeah I've, I've never understood people picking that apart. So this is there. There's not gonna be. Is there not gonna be a second date? Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. See ya, hottie. See you never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just down the trap yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a weird one. I could talk. That's a whole, whole episode. That date. Uh, Ooh, exciting. <laughs> All right. So so the, so it starts with this guy, uh, Takuya Fujita. Or you know, so we, we see Godzilla. We see an egg get unearthed on an Indonesian island, uh, and then you have a thief um, who's and an ex archaeologist but turned thief named Takuya Fujita. He's in this temple in Thailand, and. He basically finds this tiny Ganesh, <laughs> and then he like does, a, and it is a full Indiana Jones send up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, as soon as he gets out, as like the floor falls away and everything steps and everything, he's climbing up. There's like blocks that are that, you know de- decompression blocks yeah. that which set I up loved. Traps. Never never gets old for me. I'm he fine might with as it. he might as well say this belongs in a museum. Yeah, it's just exactly. just give me a direct quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can, can we can I say something real quick because uh, and I, I think it was. The scene before this mm-hmm. uh, so before we get too far past it when the asteroid is coming towards earth mm-hmm. so this the link you sent me i th- i i assumed would be a sub and i started watching it and the first thing i hear is english being spoken. yes, mm-hmm. yes. So i'm like wait a minute is this the did you guys send me the dub okay i guess i'll watch the dub 
And then, but then it's just, it's like American actors just in like NASA for just like yeah. one scene. Yep. It's one very scene. interesting. And this was like a, a, a thing that happened during this entire era of Godzilla films. They had a common thing where they were like throwing English in. Right. And, yeah. uh, and just, but just in ways that like, didn't really make sense. Were I mean, I guess that it's like, yeah, okay, NASA, but like we didn't need it. You don't need it. You know, in the, the, I, I, in the Gator one, remember? He yeah, goes, he's like the that are oh, like oh, yeah, I'm a they, lethal weapon. Yeah, they made like <laughs> lethal. They're like yeah, you're like a lethal weapon, and it was like a very heavy-handed lethal weapon wow. reference. And then there was another scene too where they um the dialogue is so stilted sometimes that where they come up and they say um. You know, two two scientists introduce themselves, uh, and they say, "Hi, I'm a scientist. Hi, I'm a physicist." And then this girl introduces herself. Hi, I'm from Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, it's great. Uh, so yes, yes, this was like a, a a mark of this time. I'm glad you brought that yeah. up, Nick. So he gets out. Then he's apprehended. He gets taken to prison, and some guy from the Marutomo company, and then his ex-wife, Masako Tezuka, shows up. Yes. Now, I brought in some clips. So I watched the dub. Oh, my God. I can't wait, because the subs were pretty brutal. Yeah. So I brought in the the, the dub, because there's such an, a funny and interesting <laughs> dynamic between this guy who's the, the, the archaeologist thief, uh, and then his ex-wife who you find out uh, in the scene when he's in jail. And they come up to him, and, they, and he's excited. He gets up out of bed. He goes, wow, am I free? And uh, here's the clip. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, am I a free man? I brought someone. She's 30. She's a distinguished archaeologist, and she's single. Listen to her. <laughs> the Bashi. I'm not single. I've been divorced. But I still don't see any alimony. <laughs> wow you know what that's uh i don't see how that's different than hollywood <laughs> here's a here's a writer she's distinguished she has a lot of credits and she's single <laughs> all right everybody let's go be inappropriate <laughs> So this sets the tone for their character and their their dynamic, and it goes back and forth. And right after this scene, there's another one too, where they're sitting outside and they're saying, "Hey, look, we'll we'll free you if you go investigate this, uh, you know, this this impact site." And he's like, "I won't do it." And then uh, they're trying to convince him. Uh, listen to the scene with him and his uh, ex-wife uh, as he's sipping some tea, and he puts a, a wedge of lemon in his mouth, so his face looks sour too. Yeah, yeah, to right. You want me to go and collect this thing for you? Of course, you can refuse. If you think that the job is too tough. Of course not. There isn't a job that's too tough for me. Except the one time that I was married to a real stubborn woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty close to the subtitle. I told you we should forget about this crazy guy, you cockroach. Now, now, Massacre, we can't allow for personal feelings. But here's a question. We can't allow for personal feelings. Uh, did... Did they in the dubs? Did he say Masuko? Did you did you gain weight? Yes, I have that clip as Masako, well. Wow. When yeah. we get to that point, yeah. Okay, great. I was yeah. just wondering if that like oh, it's fantastic. I was like that happened in the subtitles, and I wondered how that got translated <laughs> over to dubs. Almost verbatim. It's so funny. Uh, I thought, wow. I hope that's a that's a you know. I was curious about the dubs, uh, the subs too. 
Yeah. Also, yeah, it's so funny because I'm like, he's such an asshole. And he's like, he doesn't pay child support and everything. And he's just throw- hurling insults. And right. she's like, I, I'm like, leave him in prison. <laughs> Don't feed <laughs> this man. You're the archaeologist. He's just a thief now. Yeah. He's literally just like stealing her work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Like chefs. I have a big thing with uh, chefs that steal their mom's cooking. Like they base oh, their sure. entire restaurants oh. off of their mom's cooking. And then they're like, I'm so great. And you're like, dude, you just stole your mom's recipe and made a lot of money wow. off of it. What think- would that be? What's that like what's the cooking version of plagiarism? Like is it is that a thing? Well it's I, I remember watching an episode of Top Chef years ago and it was it really got me thinking about like because at the time there was a lot of talk about joke theft I, for whatever reason maybe maybe the Dane Cook joke theft was rife in the air it was rife in the air <laughs> that was the problem we had in like 2013 or whenever I was watching this and. Uh, and uh, maybe it was like the Mencia or Joe Rogan thing. It just yeah. oh, when it might have been around the contemporaneous with that. But there was a there was a a Top Chef episode where it they were judging and they were talking about how much they lo- they liked a dish. And then it turned out that he had used store bought sausages instead of making homemade sausages. Mm-hmm. And a guy referred to them as stolen sausages. Stolen, stolen. <laughs> and I was like, I would if I was eating this meal, I would not give a shit. Like, oh, you bought these in the store. Oh, this is great. I don't fucking care. But I think yeah. that's how a lot of people think of like like jokes or intellectual property in general yeah. or whatever. It's just like I don't I, well, I don't care who came up with it. I thought it was funny, you know. Right. That's and so, so true. And so I think just like people in different fields have different ways of thinking about these things. That makes well, sense, I guess. I, I will say this. Imagine a friend invited you over for dinner yeah. and then like made like pasta and then lied and said he made it from scratch. And be like, oh, you made it from, wow, it's made it from scratch. Yes. Because then I would feel like a little bit deceived. I'd feel yeah, a little I'd deceived feel a little if they deceived. did that. Yeah. Especially if you're going to charge me. I guess the money part is where I start getting pissed. I'm like, if you're going to like tell me it's handmade pasta and then charge me, you know, 30 bucks for this pasta, hey, can then I, it better be handmade. There, there, was a, there was a restaurant, there was a chicken and waffle place in, in Long Beach, which is the area I'm from, that got busted in the past couple years for literally buying fried chicken from Popeye's and wow. reselling Whoa. it with their wow. homemade waffle. Like, that, yeah, that's like just like straight up fraud. Yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous because that then you're fraud. just selling it at a crazy markup. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and I, that's I, I nuts. Can't, I can't even imagine. I wonder if that's a shortcut around like food handler permits too because it's like... Because you bought it from a place that's been past mm-hmm. certified, mm-hmm. supposedly. Anyway, back to Godzilla. Yeah. Back to this. Uh, <laughs> so we see... Um, yeah, they threaten to hold this guy in prison for 15 years. Uh, and then he's like, gulp. Uh, I guess maybe I'll help. Then we get to see uh, back in Japan, we have Dubashi, and he tells the Environmental Planning Bureau uh, uh, Chief Joji Minamino, which I believe, if that's the Environmental Planning Chief, was that. Uh, was that Akira Takarada then? Yeah, it was. Uh, so Akira Takarada, who I met, y'all. I met Akira wow. Takarada wow. in Japan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, next our next episode of the podcast will actually be a special episode uh, talking about how I went to Tokyo for Godzilla's birthday. Yeah, uh, so cool. so stay tuned for that. Um, anyway, then we also see Mickey, Mickey the psychic, who shows up in uh, all of those Godzilla films of the time. She barely is in this until like the very end where she's like "Mm, i think i know where the shobijin are there (laughs) or the cosmos the cosmos in this um so then they talk uh, mickey does say that she's like ah he's up like godzilla's up he has been awakened this meteor got his ass up right and and you know what god's (laughs) godzilla's at large 
And there's some there's some very heavy handed um, uh, environmental messages yeah. in this. Oh my god, so much. No, it's not subtle at all. Which I always, you know, I knew from basically as long as I've known about Godzilla, I've known that someone explained to me that it had to do with anxiety regarding, you know. Uh, being the one nation that endured the horrors of nuclear war and, and right. that aftermath, and uh, and and but the so like I knew that that would be an element of this, but they're just like it's just so on the nose. Yeah, it's so on the nose. And and the funny thing is, is when I was doing research about this, I found out that Toho's. Uh, uh, the vast amount of its wealth at this time was in real estate holdings, <laughs> so oh, wow. they were actually holding a lot. Of, like a lot of their wealth came from cutting down forests. <laughs> so in a maybe great... it's a little bit of guilt that they had. Mm, could yeah, be. maybe that, yeah, that's kind of what the corporation laundry. in this in this uh, movie does. The corporation is like a you know they're developing a lot of land and they're taking over a bunch of stuff. That's interesting. I wonder if it's like a weird self. I don't know. Hating. I know it's silly, but then but then the bad guy doesn't get his comeuppance. Like his um, building doesn't get knocked down. No, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, they just like there's a part where like Mothra kind of like touches the side of it and like a couple things crumble off. Yeah, of it, but nothing happens to it. Uh, there's there's shots of just like and some of it I think is just straight up stock footage of just heavy machinery of just like de- the you know areas being deforested and developed or whatever that honestly because I watched or I've rewatched in the past year reminded me of deliverance where there's a similar sort of theme <laughs> of just like, Oh, this region is changing uh, because of this coming development. Obviously that takes a, a goes in a far different direction. Narrative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what <laughs> difference? Is- <laughs> <laughs> where's that, where's that going? Oh, there he is. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. It's very, it's very interesting. But I mean, I guess it makes sense because this was also the talk of the time. Like they're just talking about the ozone layer right away. And I remember right. being a little kid in school and being like, the ozone layer, we have to save it. Um, so they're setting all this up. And uh, and so then they go to they go to Infant Island, which if you are a fan of Godzilla, you know is Mothra's Mothra's house. Right. Mothra's house. Um, so they there's they then we get to see them go through their big adventure journey where yeah. the bridge breaks. They fall into what is clearly a studio backlot pool. Uh, <laughs> very clear water. Very right. Very clear water. Uh, so yeah, they do get to this rope bridge here, and this is one of our favorite scenes in the movie. I think that when they come up there, the uh, what's the boyfriend's name? The the ex husband. Uh, Takuya. Takuya. So Takuya says, uh, he says, let's cross this bridge. And they're like, are you sure? This bridge doesn't look too sturdy. And they're like, it's, trust me, it's fine. Just cross the bridge. And as they cross it, of course, the, the bridge collapses. And here's a very funny scene. As soon as the bridge collapses, uh, they have this dialogue. Listen to this. The bridge is breaking! Hey, hold on tight! <laughs> <laughs> to do now you liar this is your fault huh? i think you've gained weight you always were i'm glad we're not married anymore oh my god <laughs> <laughs> hey uh tubby you gained some <laughs> listen don't get back together for the yeah. kid oh yeah <laughs> this is a fucking nightmare married with yeah. children to your insult yeah Exactly. It's really cruel. It reaches. There's always a toilet nearby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so they go and they go into this into the jungle, which I thought was super super fun. They uh get jump into the river. They like camp onto the side of like 
you know, they canoe up, they camp, and then they buy a waterfall. And then uh, and then she gives him, she gives the Takuya a letter from their daughter Midori, who doesn't know that he's a thief. Right. And Masako doesn't, she's like, I don't want him to know. Uh, I don't want her to know. And then, uh, which is like, yeah, good. Protect your child from this bad man that called you fat. <laughs> <laughs> so then he, fi- so then they get into the cave, right? Then the next morning they get into this cave and there's clearly the paintings in here were fucking cool. And there's like a light, like a light through the thing. Oh, it's my favorite thing in every, in any kind of like cave type puzzle. Yes. Be it in a video game or movie when the light, there's a light element in there that has a specific like silhouette. Yeah. Kind of it creates, you you know, Nick, like in the, in Zelda, I guess you guys both probably played it. The the Zelda game on N64. Mm -hmm. I was, I was a huge fan of it to be honest, but there was that, Mm. that uh, cave at the end where um, you had the mirror shield and you had to reflect the sunlight onto the walls. That was really cool. What was the name? What was the 64? Zelda. That Ocarina was just, of Time? Was that Ocarina of yeah, Time? Yeah. Time? Yeah. Wait, Ocarina you didn't like Ocarina of Time? Hated it. I hated it. Wow. Did you play Majora's Mask? Yeah, I, I disagree with you. I there. didn't. I know everyone. Everyone disagrees with me, but um, I didn't play Majora's Mask. But that looked cool. Mask. I, I like Majora's Mask more, but they're yeah. both great. Yeah. I really hate Ocarina of Time because um, it's a walking simulator. There's so much walking in that game, and I, I, I even did this thing. Oh man, don't play Death Stranding. It's <laughs> <That's, laughs> like all you do, and I love That's it. That's what people warn me about. Yeah. They're like, oh, dude, if you hate walking, don't play Death yeah. Stranding. And then uh, in Ocarina of Time, I remember, um, like, I, I'm a completionist. Like, I got okay. every single heart piece, so I really played the game and then i got to the end to ganon to lord ganon i fought him once and i'm like yeah don't need to beat it turned it off never played it again. you didn't beat the game i got to ganon i was Whoa, like oh you didn't you got to ganon and you didn't beat it yeah but i got all the heart pieces which is the more difficult challenge it's true it's yeah true but it was so dumb i quick aside this like, is a journeyman's uh, victory <laughs> I feel like I clevered my way into solving some of the puzzles in the game that it didn't consider valid, and that really pissed me off. Like there was this, there was this room where you walk in, and there's this wall that's coming towards you with spikes on it. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, and and I thought, well, it's made out of wood. What destroys wood? And I thought, oh, um, a bomb. No. Bomb didn't work. Uh, fire arrows. No, that didn't work. It shows up in every Zelda, by the way, too. And you can't fire arrows at the wooden wall. Yeah, like they can't fire fire arrows so at then- the wooden wall to. That I thought, like, this is a real clever solution. There's a teleportation device that you set a, p- a pin, a marker, and then you teleport to that place. So I set the pin right next to where the d- the wall was moving from, waited until the wall passed so I could teleport behind the wall. Clever solution, right? Right. Yeah. That didn't fucking work. I'm like, oh, I'm about to return this game. <laughs> what what ended up working with that? I can't remember. Like fire sword. Or something oh, like, it was yeah, fire it was like fire sword. sword. Right. Like, right. So fire the, arrows don't work. The arrows didn't work. That's right. I remember I got caught in those puzzles for a lot because I kept firing fire arrows at it, and then those don't work. It has to be the sword. Anyway, I still liked it. Uh, for, <laughs> for me, the thing, the the bit of granularity that hung me up on Breath of the Wild, which I love and is probably my favorite love. Zelda. That but, one is my favorite. Yeah. Actually, yeah. But the difference between there's there's fireproof and then there's also like heat resistant and one works in the desert and one works when you're around lava. And I'm just like, shouldn't I you, you got to have just one solution. Right. It can't right. be two separate things for these two different hot scenarios. Yeah, it's it's very it's irritating because then you just start to you start peeling back the logic on yes. everything. And mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to peel back the logic on on this any of this because none of it makes sense mm-hmm. um all right, so then so they go to they they see these um the, they see mothra and batra in battle on this on this wall which yeah. i thought was fucking cool as hell uh and then they go there's a hole in the cave where the light passes through and they follow it the light passes through 
so fast. Yeah, <laughs> like what are they on? Like uh, what's the fast on, planet? Like, Mercury Venus? now? Yeah, Venus. Yeah. <laughs> what's the fastest planet you know? You know? Is it? A, is it? Yeah, I guess it'd be Mercury, right? Mercury. Yeah. Venus has kind of a two hundred eighty-eight days or something. I don't well, know. either one's faster than Earth. Listen, <laughs> listen. Earth is a slow motherfucking planet. Um, so they follow it, and then they they go find the egg, the tamago, and then. They, they're like, what could have laid such an egg? Then they hear voices coming from a flower. Mm. And they're like, what the hell? And then that's where they find the cosmos, Love which it. we usually call the Shobijin. But in this one, they're the cosmos. Also, I saw these costumes at the, uh, I saw this, these costumes at Godzilla's birthday in a very limited exhibition that they let me into because oh. of this podcast. Oh, very cool. Yeah. How about it? So, so my understanding from the, the, the amount the small amount of research I did after watching this movie, cause I was fascinated by the cosmos. Yeah. Like you said, yes, they're not usually called the cosmos. It's just, just either started for this movie or it's just for this movie, but also they're usually, or they previously been played by twins. And in this, this mm-hmm. movie, they're not. Oh, is really? I don't think so. It was so. just a, t- a girl they doubled over or something? No, I thought it was two different actors. Oh, shit. They yeah. made them look a lot, a yeah. lot alike. I think, I think yes, that was normally what I read. twins. Normally, okay. there's like, because there was the, the, the original Shobijin were the girls that were like in a band called, what was the name of the band again? Do you remember, George? No, I don't. Uh, from from the Colossus movies, the no, the, the original Shobijin in, in, oh, yeah, no. um, the original Mothra. Here, I'll find it. I'll keep talking. Uh, but, the, yeah, they're the, that's really interesting because I thought they were still twins. Good job, yeah. Haley. They are really, but I love teeny tiny people. I fucking love that shit. I was so excited to watch uh, the fucking downsized movie or whatever it was called, the tiny, oh yeah, the tiny Matt Damon movie, which sucked. I but heard I just that sucked. It's really bad because it just doesn't deliver on the tiny person shit. Like I just like give, I yeah. need to see. Someone like fucking pole vaulting with a Q-tip, yeah. or like wearing a p- mm-hmm. half a pistachio shell as a helmet, exactly. Or something. Give me like the- Ralph the Mouse. Remember Ralph the Mouse? He had yes. an eggshell helmet. Yeah, he's got Aww. a he's got a t- he uses a corn tortilla as a blanket. Give me that sort of like yeah. tiny person. Which shit. these two do? They sleep in a pocket. Yeah, it's great. They give him dollhouse. Uh, the, the peanuts was the original. The peanuts. Thought, yeah, the I peanuts. Just that up, yeah, I was like the bees. The bees. <laughs> my brain's going with all the different things. Emmy Ito and Yumi Ito, actual yes, twins. That was the wow. original. Yeah. And then, then they're the cause, the cosmos, and that was Keiko Imamura and Sayaka Osawa, uh, and so they, they, this like they've been living there for like twelve thousand years, I think, which was cool. I thought that was neat. Just and hanging out behind a just, flower, just hanging out behind. Boop, ba, da, do, do, ba, do. <laughs> and <laughs> so Mar- Mothra was the guardian of Earth, and then, and it was inhabited by an advanced human civilization. And then, when scientists made this climate controlling device, it offended earth yeah it created batra bad mothra right and the way they said it in the movie too they said it offended earth and then the guy asks incredulously offended earth yeah that's exactly how i would ask it like what do you mean what are you talking about (laughs) weirdo it offended earth exactly so then they and they call batra like bad mothra and black mothra a couple like they kind of alternate so just you know, it kind of goes back and forth. And in the uh, in my in my crit book here, they say that uh, his it was a revamped version of uh, Bagan. Bagan, that's how we pronounce it. Yeah, Bagan, Bagan, Bagan. Bagan yeah, uh, and it was Badora, which is Bad Mothra, but it sounded disharmon- disharmonious in Japanese, so they changed it to Batra for Battle Mothra. Oh, cool. So it's, I mean, it is cool, and 
So, because I thought just in and me trying to, to to divine that etymology, Mothra was like, oh, Mothra is a moth. Batra, this is some sort of bat creature. And there's right. see, there's scenes where it looks bat like, but apparently that's not the case. No, yeah, I get. I thought it's a bad moth. He's a bad moth. Ooh, got he's it. He's bad to the bone. He's got a little leather jacket. <laughs> he does look like the bad boy moth. Like he does. If, he does. You know, definitely like if this moth was a person, it would have tattoos. Oh, hundred percent. Like, you know, and ride a motorcycle. Oh yeah, right. he looks like a uh like when he's in his larval stage. He looks like a, an angry Wurmple, like from Pokemon. Like, remember Wurmples from Pokemon? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's got some, he's got some, like he's he's coming into town, he's rolling into town on his motorcycle. So Mothrin is in her larval larval state, larval. Is that yeah, larval. larval? Larval state. It looks kind of kind of goofy, but um, Batra does not. I think Batra looks cool. Yeah, I know. Ma- Mothra and larval state looks always look just like my my mom's old fat uh, chocolate lab. <laughs> 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 Lucy. I would think it looks like just like a, a Michelin man slug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Batra looks threatening. Yeah, like like oh, this is a fucking rampaging, marauding threat right mothra you don't really get that at all yeah. but i guess it's you're not it's not trying to convey that i yeah I, I feel like if mothra was coming down like a city uh i'd be like nah i, I should get out of the way <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get slimed i mean i want to get out. and so and in the past mothra defeated batra and sent him to the north sea but then this meteor got got him up along mm-hmm. with Godzilla. This okay. meteor was like a big alarm clock that smashed into the Earth's surface. Is the... So ba- this is the first movie where Batra appears? Or has he been in, in previous Godzillas? I think this is Batra's first this appearance. This is his debut. Wow, how about this that? This is Batra's... I believe so, because this is... The whole design on him was new. Yeah, he's brand brand new uh, uh, for the... For this movie, specifically. Yeah. Um... And he was originally, uh, he was originated with a gigamoth sea type, a winged monster con- conceived as Godzilla's foe. Uh, and let's see. Yeah, he's he only has- appeared in two movies. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, so he's also in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. And he's in the comics, Godzilla. though. Yeah, he's in the comics, he's in the video games, most of the video games. But he was also in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, and that came out in. Uh, do you remember the year on that? It was nineteen ninety eight or something. Yeah, nineteen. Somebody's gonna fry me. Nineteen ninety four. So it, yeah, oh, this was the first appearance of of, of um, Batra. Wow, nineteen ninety four was also a great year for music. Was it? Mm. What well, came it out was. that year? Uh, the Blue Album, Tragic Kingdom. Well, you're about to hear a shitload more of that because '90s bars are coming. Uh, <laughs> oh, they gotta be. Yeah, they yeah. gotta be. They're right um, around the corner. Hell's yeah. So Mothra in prison and we got back up, but then um we go to uh we go to th- this guy that uh, talks to his employer, Takeshi Tomokane, and he tell he's like, hey, hey, we found this egg. And then that guy is trying to develop Mount Fuji. He's trying to develop Fujisan. What a fucked up dude. Such hubris. Like turn it into huge hubris. Huge bris. (laughs) (laughs) And he's getting protested as he drives his fucking white Mercedes past all of these protesters to be like, yeah, keep fucking developing Mount Fuji, motherfuckers. (laughs) Which is like, I loved this because I was like, wow, we're talking on the on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and so he's like all right and then he does like the king kong thing where he's like bring the egg yeah bring the egg will be it'll be a tourist thing um and and the cosmos are like okay it, you know what that'll be good to bring it to the mainland because it could be exposed on infant island 
Um, so then we see Batra for the first time. We see Batra for the first time wreaking havoc on land. And uh, then we cut back to, at sea. they do have the egg. Like, I was, I kept thinking, I daydreamed for far too long about the, the logistics of lifting up an egg. Because I was like, well, you don't have giant suction cups. You can't do that. Right. What are you going to do? What I are you going to do? Just sort of kind of roll it so I thought, onto that aircraft carrier? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's on the top of this mountain. It's jagged and stuff. Mm. So I thought, I thought, here's how you could possibly do it. Okay. You have a helicopter up top with two harnesses. Okay. The one harness is on the outside is tight, and the one harness on the inside is loose. You put the tight one on, on just the tip of the egg, lift it up a little bit, put the bigger harness underneath it, and then slowly lift it up that way. Wow. I, oh, yeah. that's good. Uh, my my theory was put it in a jar with a bunch of Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Haley's was right. They yeah. cut to a jar. <laughs> Remember that fucking egg experiment? Oh yeah. Do where you're like throw it off the top of the school. Yeah, I put mine in a fucking tennis ball and then put a GI Joe parachute on it. <laughs> Shit fucking exploded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No help at all, and then I then everyone else just like looked up how you're supposed to do it, and you, I guess you're just supposed to suspend it in the middle of with like like a uh, rubber bands rubber or something. Band. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, mine mine cracked, but it didn't explode. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't it wasn't great. I I like spent a lot of time thinking about that too, and I I deconstructed an egg carton, and I was like, why am I doing? It's just an egg carton's already made to protect eggs, so I used a bunch of egg carton. Oh, and that's smart. I don't think so. <laughs> 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 I love that. I like that we just all proved right now that we had the parents that did not help. <laughs> oh, yeah. My parents sure like, did. Absolutely. My parents were like, you figure it out. Yeah, and then yeah. I come to school and somebody's like, somebody has like a working laser cannon. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my dad works at, uh, you know, the JPL. <laughs> yeah. We had some like kid uh, who worked, his dad like worked at a paper company. So he made this like custom oh, little fuck cont- that Yeah. Kid. Oh, boy. Fuck you. Anyway, he it's ended like- up. In jail for money laundering. Well, that makes sense to me because also, you know who also sucked? Can I get this off my chest? Because it's Girl Scout cookie season and I was a Girl Scout. Them bitches whose dads were doctors because they would come to, they just bring them to work and just sell them like crazy. Oh, yeah. And like, and so then I would go actually door to door because I, my parent, my dad worked at Dillard's. (laughs) <laughs> and he sold pants. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was like, oh, how do they sell so many? Yeah, the the pressure if you're if you're dead if you're your one of your parents is a or, or both of your parents are managers, then they can use that oh, workplace yeah. pressure to get all their subordinates to buy your their kids uh fucking Whatever fundraising shit they they're selling. It's yeah. an investment in my good grace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're basically just like taking. Money. That's just like a rich get richer sort of scenario. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Yeah, it should be banned. Yeah, oh. it should. I don't like it. So, uh, so, uh, so Batra makes landfall at twenty eight oh six, I believe, is where he reveals himself, and he, uh, and he or twenty eight oh two, and he fucking he comes ashore in Nagoya. And at, at Nagoya Castle, which I think is seen in, in a couple yeah. different Godzilla it's films. It's destroyed often. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a nice, it's like, it's like to do, Times Square. Right. You know, it's like one of those, like, everybody knows it. So when you see it destroyed, you're like, holy shit, that's important to me. Um, and, uh... Uh, oh, the Nagoya Castle prop. Here's a little trivia. Nagoya Castle prop is responsible for giving the Mosogoji suit its characteristic wobbly lip. Uh, this is from WikiZilla, by the way. Mm. During filming, H- Haruo Nakajima fell onto the prop while still in the suit after tipping on some of the miniatures, and he loosened several of the teeth. 
as well as crushing the castle underneath him as he fell. Uh, Suburaya, who was doing all the SFX, uh, liked the scene, so they kept it in. Wow. How about that? Um, so... So he, so Badger like lays waste, and I thought this was fucking. I thought this was terrific. This is right. Yeah. This movie had a ton of great action scenes. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there. So Badger is fucking up this city, and then part of the the military that's fighting it is they have tanks, they have like you know RPGs, they've got conventional weaponry, but they also have they have they have helicopters. Uh, helicopter gunships, but they also have like what appears to be like Tesla coil cannons. Yeah, like they, yeah. they're oh, shooting like fucking lightning yes. at him. They're called MBT MBE ninety two Maser cannons. Are these real things? I'm going to find out for you. I can't imagine they're real. Can't imagine uh, they're fucking a fictional awesome. fictional weapon. Yeah. They're awesome, and I love yeah. just a fucking. They giant... were so fucking cool because yeah. he's shooting. He's shooting lightning out of his eyes, and they're shooting lightning back at him out of yeah. the cannons. I'm just. I'm like, this is wonderful. This is what his eyes and his horn yeah this guy was like batra's batra he's armored he shoots lightning out of his eyes and his horn i thought wow this is a really fucking good villain right yeah he he has like the the lightning cannon and then he also has the purple lightning too oh yes which i like to think does you know it probably like separates your soul from your body (laughs) you know like some dark shit and so and they these cannons do nothing to him yeah, the gargles—they do by, nothing. By the <laughs> way, I'm, I'm glad you you pointed that out, Nick, too, because that those those cannons uh is one of my favorite things in this universe, this Godzilla universe. Like they just have these like um giant Tesla style cannons, and it's not explained, it's not produced, it's just like they have them. Part this of the is world. another part yeah. of our. Uh, it's just part of our weaponry. And, and honestly, that's what they should be doing in the. Sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, but it's, it's like yeah. that's what they should be doing in the American Godzilla films. Absolutely, it's like letting some of those like. What weapons do we magically have? Yeah, they're let's s- live. They're so worried about being grounded. And that's like, I feel like even you guys know, but having, if you work in any sort of Hollywood scenario, pitching or trying to create anything, everyone's just always like trying. They're so way too concerned with shit being real. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just like, did you realize that there's a fucking billion dollar franchise that involves a space raccoon. Right. Like that is like, what do you, what do you even care? What are you even thinking? What's the matter? I think about this a lot. Yeah. Because that's a lot of the stuff I write is really weird. Yeah. And I'm like the amount of times I, I, I tell people like, uh, and especially since I write in animation, there's a lot of times where people will dig themselves in holes trying to get logic stuff going. And I always say like my, my like big, slogan is dance on logic don't sit in it yeah because nobody fucking wants to see like i don't go to a movie to be like mm, yes tell me how it's real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like no it's an escape so tell me just enough logic to get my brain on board and then fuck it that's yeah. a, that's like a whole genre of, of tv shows like uh, how how it's made like a diy how it's made type thing they're trying to ram that into every fucking story it's like yes. i don't need a diy here yeah i just want to know what's there yeah you know? this is this is here like okay i buy it because i because yeah. i see it and i see and you know whatever you can give the the thin the, what you're saying like the thinnest amount of connective tissue of logic just that's to explain this that's all you fucking need mm-hmm. and anybody that's gonna pick it apart is a shithead on twitter and goodbye right. like nobody <laughs> fucking cares <laughs> blocked <laughs> where did godzilla come from yeah. blocked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 29 so, logic problems with Godzilla versus Mothra <laughs> by Film Fuck. 
<laughs> my mic just fell down as I said that. <laughs> oh my god, the film fucks Moti. <laughs> Guy who wears fucking Ray Bans in his thumbnail has a bunch of his toys behind him on on his uh, fucking vlog. Very strong opinions about Parasite winning though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to stop. <laughs> 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 so that so Batra says Batra Batra lays waste to Nagoya to, uh, to Nagoya uh, obliterates Nagoya Tower and like so many creepy old white men heads to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> wow, real inside, uh, real deep cut there for uh, anyone who's ever been to Philippines or Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always a red flag when someone, when a single guy tells you about their solo vacation to uh, yeah, Thailand. Yeah. Dude, for real, guys, just yeah. so you know this, I sa- I feel like this is necessary for people to hear. I was flying back from, uh, uh, as many as many of our listeners know, I was with a guy from Chile for a long time. So we were, and he was sailing. So I'd go meet, meet him in a lot of different places. So I was coming back from one of those places last year, and uh, I was on like my last connection flight, and I start hearing the girl next to me, and I don't know each other, but we both like start slowly turning, make eye contact and listen to hear these two nasty old men who are talking about like their Filipino wives that like they've effectively that they're like, oh, how old's yours? Oh, she's 23. Uh. And it's like the most just just so you guys know, they do exist. They were there. And I like I went to go to the bathroom at one point and I was like, you're disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fucking gross. It was nasty. I know I'm disgusting and I like hearing (laughs) you say it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's it you know what why can't badger take those motherfuckers out (laughs) um so so then uh Patrick will be like those bikers that escort kids that have been <laughs> So uh so then they we go back to the boat. Uh they they're like, "Oh no, an object's approaching. Water's boiling." Yeah. Uh you know, blue beam shoots to the sky and oh, There's your boy. There this, he is. This was my favorite scene like when Godzilla, okay. So this is the first time Godzilla actually comes out and he's doing something in the movie and he comes out of the sea and they're looking down like, "What is this on the radar and then Godzilla comes up and I'm like yeah there's yep. your boy he's so he's so fucking uh, beam comes out oh man yeah he's like he blasts his way out of water which is unnecessary uh. but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah of course it's Godzilla he's gonna fucking blast his way out of yeah, water yeah. yeah and he busts up and he's he comes out and everyone's looking and they're like oh no it's Godzilla what have we done we're idiots we're fools and he comes out he's so ripped look how swole he's he is so swole oh and he's got like double rows of teeth oh, I'm so yeah. t- he roars it's like like, yeah. He is pissed. Mm-hmm. He's like, you all are fucked. And then they go to the screen that says Godzilla detection. <laughs> <laughs> in English. In English. In English, yeah. yeah. In English. The, <laughs> the uh, I mean, like, the, the that makes me think, and and the, the score is great in this movie, and the, you know, the the late motifs, the little themes for all the, 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 for the different kaiju are so great. But, I mean, I just love Godzilla, the score that accompanies yes. Godzilla. Yeah. It's just so, so good and so perfect so- for so fucking good. And I believe, uh, listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, you know, uh, Justice, the electro pop, like they're, yeah. yeah, they, uh, sample, uh, they sample this score. Oh, wow. For one of their main songs. It's like a huge success. Okay, check that out. Yeah. And it's really, really good. Um, and I might be wrong about that, but it's definitely one of the Godzilla films, but I think. 
It might be the original Godzilla versus Mothra, but it, or or 1992. Either way, it's cool. Um, so the egg gets they they release the egg. It get and it hatches on the raft, and be, and then Godzilla goes to like flame up Mothra, and Mothra gets in the water and tactically hides behind the raft, mm-hmm. which is great. And then they uh then Batra Batra has entered the ring, baby. Batra shows up, and then this this is my favorite part of the whole movie because it's an under-fucking-water battle that goes yeah, on for yeah. a really long time. I was thinking about the technical... like First of all, making a Godzilla suit or any of these kaiju suits that look good has got to be very, very difficult. But for then sure. Look good and be waterproof is a gargantuan task. Seems yeah. like a challenge. And yeah. heavy as hell. Heavy like as they're hell. like 200 pound suits. And they did shoot these things underwater too. I'm like, how? What? what's the logistics of doing this thing seems insane because you know how much trouble Steven Spielberg had with just an animatronic shark. Right. right. One. This was like people inside suits and underwater and uh, this was a shot underwater, isn't it? Like, am I, am I just a fool? Was I tricked by the cinema? I guess it's possible that there's a that there's a filter that they're using, but to me, it seems like the way that they're I, I believed it to be underwater with supplemented with some post effects. Yeah, that would make sense. That at least, at least that's what I thought, but I, I don't know. No, it was actually shot. I don't know, and I'm easily fooled. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll go along with it. And by the way, Godzilla surfaces at thirty three oh one. Oh yeah, there's like uh, at at thirty four fifty five. Uh, uh, they we cut to so this is that was before they released the egg off of the raft, and the right. two guys get in a fight, and one jump kicks the other in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, go to thirty four fifty five. So cool. Mother hatches at thirty six fifteen. Then I love this. <laughs> Haley's like the Mister Skin of jump kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what is that? Oh, you're Mr. not a masturbator, uh- <laughs> Mister Skin. <laughs> Nick, you want this one? <laughs> <laughs> what? Mr. Skid was this old website where this guy would like archive uh, all these movies and yes. all the time code. He'd put the time codes of like when nudity happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like my 16 year old self would have loved that. I'm like, yeah. yes, please. Where can I see this softcore shit I'm renting? Right. Yeah. Where, when did Laura Sangiacomo get topless? <laughs> <laughs> quickly down under. Give me a timestamp. All right. Yeah, you're right. I do know where the jump kicks happen. And I, <laughs> and I also masturbate to those. <laughs> so then we have uh, this. The, in this battle, it, this is so dope. Uh, he tail whips. This is like uh, before it goes to full triple battle. Uh, he tail whips and she holds on in her larval stage. Yeah. And then she like. Then she jumps across and fucking eats his stomach for a second. Remember? Like yes. Mothra's larval stage, she jumps across and just chows on Godzilla's abs. There's some blood that is shed. Yeah. Some some kaiju blood that is shed a few times in this movie. Yes. It's it's uh yeah, it's pretty visceral. I also think that the cosmos talking about uh, you know, again, they're teeny tiny uh, people, which I love. I love a little a little tiny uh, man or woman. Sure, or whatever sure. uh the and they are in like just a fucking suitcase this whole time yes. like a propped open suitcase just hanging out and observing yeah. the action and kind of giving some some periodic commentary and it is <laughs> delightful a i tiny love statler it. and waldor yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true it's great and uh that was also the part where i believe jeff was like what <laughs> i was like oh right if you're outside of this this is very weird so uh godzilla and batra do this underwater thing where they're like they're shooting lightning at each other shooting a 
atomic fire breath at each other. Godzilla wields him by the tail for a while. Uh, and then the the plates shift again after where the meteor went and they get sucked in and they just go into the magma. Yeah, and that's, that's right. And you're like, oh my God. Oh, is and, He-Man okay? And also, I love the cut twos of this like 90s CG graphics. Yes. Like, flat shaded. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> where they're just like showing like in real time too. The, they've completely rendered this like flat shaded yeah. landscape. That's how they're monitoring yep. the situation. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> And then... So then we have the the terrible exes go to a hotel in Manila, and that's where the cosmos sleep in a pocket, which I thought I loved. Great. They sleep more, please. More, please. Keep it coming. Holding hands, sleeping in a pocket. I loved it. And and yes, Nick, I completely agree. I was like, yeah, they would (laughs) sleep in a pocket. (laughs) I was so excited. (laughs) And then they talk about the, the, the shitty couple talks about how they had a honeymoon in Cairo. And they're like, remember when we liked each other? Also, again, their kid being watched by somebody, I guess, by these couple will meet. By her sister. We find out later at the, at the end of the movie, her her sister. Oh, right. Her sister's watching. Okay. So, so then they find out the next morning, the cosmos are gone. They are, they have disappeared and it's because Ando, the guy that was with them, took them to Tomokane, a hot shot asshole in white Mercedes. Man, this guy's such a fuck face. Like he's, he steals the egg and he's just like, haha, greedy. And then he steals the twins. It's like, okay, the egg I'm on board with kind of, I'm like, it's a thing, whatever. But the, the twins is like, this is, you're just kidnapping little people. Well, yeah, you're just being a dick. I will say that I think because his idea is to use it as some sort of attraction slash something for his marketing, and I feel like two four inch tall women would be better than a giant egg. That's like a good I'm point. just trying to think of like what would actually get more views. I think people would want it would tune in for the two teeny tiny women. That's for true. Sure. That's true. I do want to see tiny people. Because what are you gonna do with a big egg? You're just like all right. I mean, to be to be fair, the most popular Instagram account of all time wasn't it just the egg? That's a good. That's a great counterpoint. (laughs) A great. So maybe the egg is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Take that, fools. (laughs) (laughs) Give me that big egg. (laughs) No, but yeah, that's like the bigger sell. The bigger draw there is the little twins. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and also this is. uh, the most, but this guy is such a fucking cartoon villain. It's hilarious, and he does not get comeuppance. Uh, but they, this one also is the film there. They really are the closest to just saying Mothra's a girl. Like they, you know how they like never really say it until like, yeah. mm, I don't know. I guess like now we've just kind of accepted. It's it. just assumed. But then this one was like because they're part of Mothra, they fuse into her at the end. This is that's like communicating that she's a feminine monster, which is what I'm called on my period. <laughs> uh, so um <laughs> So uh so then they go, they, they're like, oh, yeah, we have the twins. And they're like, oh, man. Well, what they don't fucking realize, like a bunch of dingbats they are, is that the cosmos can go fucking sing and summon Mothra, which they promptly do. And I have a little bit of that song. Here it oh, is. Oh, the best. Yeah, this is probably 
probably, I think, the best uh, rendition of this song. I completely so agree. Good. In the whole series, yeah. I so good. Loved it. It's really well done. It makes you stop everything. You're like, this is and really this, fucking. And that's like the normal yeah, version. I think it's great. Yeah, th- that's the normal version. They even have like a slower one, too, that they play li- near the end. Um, yeah. And I, I, I even like sped it up to hear how it would sound like normal speed, and it still sounds good. It's, it sounds like it's the appropriate speed. Oh. But yeah, it's really, really good. So good. It's, it's so beautiful. Uh, and then they and it's that's at forty eight thirty. By the way, I'm also the what skins whatever the Mr. Skin Mr. Yeah. Skins yeah you're the Mr. Skin oh, of Mothra, Mothra. songs. So they saw her. <laughs> <laughs> they summon her at forty eight thirty. Then she when she makes landfall in Tokyo. By the way, who knew Tokyo was so explosive? Mm. Every part of Tokyo that she goes through blows the fuck up. Powder keg. <laughs> Just that that was a Jeff comment. By the way, he was like, wow. Tokyo sure is explosive. Um, and then they get to, then Mickey, Mickey finally gets used where she's like, cause she uses her telepathy to know where the cosmos are. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and in this hotel room that, uh, that the larva Mothra comes up to mm-hmm. and they're the military here is kind of confusing. They're like shooting at it and they're like, wait, wait, hold your fire. Right. And then they, you know, Mothra chats with the twins and they're, and the twins are like, Hey, in very clear like English like stop attacking the humans and Mothra kind of like acknowledges them and then turns around and then they attack Mothra again and then they just stop again yeah and then they're, and then Mothra works its way to the state capital in uh, in Tokyo yes and um, climbs up on this thing and starts like spraying its silk all but over the just place. shooting ropes it's all over the city <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, there's two small things we have to... Before Mothra does that, when she turns away, when she acknowledges them and turns mm-hmm. away, she takes a chunk of the building. Did you guys yeah, know that? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like it's, a yeah. poignant moment that she's like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, uh, uh, this is, you know, fuck Takuya for fucking stealing the cosmos. Like, this guy, yeah. what a shitty thief. He shouldn't have been involved in this. He should be in prison at the, where he was the beginning of the movie. I concur. Yeah, so she climbs on the fucking... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. She 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 gets to... Um, uh, she The the JSDF, they, they open fire on her. So she's a little injured. And then she goes to the National Diet Building. Is that what it is? That's the what national- it's called. Oh, okay. The National the Diet Building. Um, and, uh, and then she sprays silk around herself. Uh, and and that goes on for a while. Yeah, yeah. this is just like they and it re- it goes a point and then someone's like, oh, she's entering her larval stage yeah, or something. Or she's cocooning. Yeah, she's yeah. cocooning. Yeah, and there's a it, but it's just it's like it's like Peter North. It's just like an uh, it's <laughs> a huge fucking unending spray of white fluid that's going all over the city until uh is eventually cocooned absolutely which and she you know it's a good it is a good battle tactic she's used against godzilla many times in larval stage uh and and it stops him because it slows him down i was thinking i was thinking about this like strategy in nature too because like cocoons are kind of left alone yeah why do bugs leave them alone we have like bugs that have evolved to put their nests inside your brain right. and then like yeah. parasites that evolve to eat that specific brain and control it but one bug one fucking bug in the entire animal kingdom hasn't figured out hey there's a little fucking meal inside this cocoon well yeah, cuz they can't get into it. it have you ever like touched a cocoon yeah it's gross <laughs> 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 that's right they touch it and they go oh my 
God. Uh. <laughs> but you're right. You, you'd think there'd be like some silk mite or something that could kind of like work its way in. Something, and yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, just just hasn't happened or at least isn't something I know about. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about this in terms of accelerationism and just it seems how insane our world has gotten. Whereas if a if a giant like larva emerged from the ocean and like went to the U.S. Capitol and sprayed silk around itself and entered mm-hmm. a giant cocoon, like, would that be a 48-hour news cycle? Like, yeah. I feel like that would, <laughs> that would happen, and then people would just yeah. sort of be like, oh, yeah, there's a big fucking cocoon next to the Capitol. It'd just be another crazy bit of shit that yeah. we accept in this fucking unwinding end times we live in. Yeah, it really is true, man. The news cycle is just lightning pace, and I can't handle it anymore. It's just like, can we just get bore- a boring day? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can, can something giant not happen for five <laughs> fucking minutes? <laughs> just We just want one day. Think about all the weddings ruined. Um, yeah, guess, <laughs> guess who's in blackface now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so you know, by the way, moths have cocoons. Butterflies have chrysalises. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, it seems I, it doesn't really say why they don't get bothered. So if anybody knows why, just you know, chime in. Well, but anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break that. I'm gonna buck the trend. I'm gonna. Is it, I'm gonna next time we see George's got cocoons gonna... hanging out his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that one <laughs> creepy dude. Oh my god! I like to disturb crystals. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Cupid. This guy. Oh, this guy. Do you like them? No. I'm just making a point. <laughs> and it can be done. Insects should emulate this. I'm the one. One Armenian dude. <laughs> <laughs> there is. This is a complete tangent, but there is a lot of Nike in this movie. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I like, noted that as well. I think they must have had a sponsorship. Either they had a sponsor or they just don't give a shit. Like over here, they would like insist on covering all that up. For yeah. sure, for sure. I wonder, because there was so much, I wondered if that was a product placement. Could have been, yeah. Like, would, have been, would have been very savvy. But yeah, I think most of the time, it's a I don't give a shit thing. But because it was so many times, like I, I just felt like it had to have been a product placement thing. Uh, real quick, the the guy who goes to steal the Mothra twins, Ando, Ando is his name? I think. Uh, Ando, yeah. Ando. But Taguya doesn't Taguya. He's, it's partly his. Or is it Taguya? Well, um, it's his. Taguya is it's like his fault, isn't it? Well, so he's, he sits anyway. down. He sits down at one point and they're trying to negotiate like how much they're going to pay him to steal the twins. And I brought a clip of this because it's so funny, uh, uh, you know, out of the, the time, the time period, because you can see how much the economy has changed. But listen to how much they offer him to steal the twins. So how much do you want for them? One million dollars. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, come on. Immediately cut off. It's an impossible amount of money. (laughs) I just love that it's going, I think it's going to be this big cinematic one million dollars moment but he doesn't one million oh come on get over yourself it's like a down payment at a house on Larchmont (laughs) literally within that same decade that would become a punchline in Austin Powers Dr. Evil demanding one million dollars and everyone laughing at what a pittance it was (laughs) right so true. Yeah, not even a decade yeah. passed before that. Yeah. So as we, so here we are at the climax because at the moment that that uh, Mickey senses Godzilla and Mothra is in her her uh, cocoon, 
And then Mount Fuji begins erupting. And so Godzilla comes out of the crater, which effectively means that Godzilla Mario'd <laughs> from the, <laughs> the bottom of the yep. ocean and then went <laughs> through there because uh, they thought he was going to be dead. So then um, the the Japanese defense board says they, they get a squadron of MBT, MB-92s, like those ones we were talking about, and there's other Mazer attacks. Uh, there's new ones, Astol MB-93s. And those are the aircraft ones. Uh, but he fucking fires them up which at this point i was like if you were in the defense forces would you not like when you see him i'd be like i'm running bye right yeah no it's yeah i mean i guess that's the thing Uh, but i feel like most i i feel like the probably the the mindset of being in the military especially the kind of force who would be deployed for this kind of operation Mm -hmm. would be like all right well this is the job we got sent in to do we're gonna fucking do it red shirts yeah red shirts galore yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so the right then as as godzilla's approaching uh then we get uh batra appears in the ocean and just mad like immediately as it doesn't have a cocoon he just goes and he's in his imago stage. He's yeah, in his he didn't. Uh, yeah, there's no larval. Stage <laughs> yeah, Mother had this went, intricate thing. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I guess I'm ready to fly now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it possible that took place? Like, uh, I mean, that we would just, I just inferred that took place off screen. Oh, you know what though? It maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe that uh, accelerated him being in the magma. Oh, oh that would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes it. sense. Yeah. That heated up. Yeah. So then, uh, so Mothra emerges from uh, her cocoon, and then she's like, it's time to put Batra down. And so she goes over to this Cosmo World theme park yeah. uh, in Yokohama, and then she's attacked by him. And then they, he has his prison beams, I guess is what it's called that Batra, Batra has. And then they go, uh, before Batra can finish Mothra, Godzilla enters, and now we're just all over the place. So then he puts like Batra knocks the uh what is the Yokohama landmark tower is what it's called. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wanted to know what that tower was, that's what it's called. On to Godzilla. Um and this was I mean also like this was a fucking baller fight. This went on for a long ass time. It's great. It and was it, a it was a good payoff and that tower falling on Godzilla too. I remember yeah. like I, that was a moment for me. I was like, "Oh no." Yeah. That's I, a huge because it's huge. If you, in real life, I mean, I know these are models and stuff, but in real life, if not, someone knocked over that much model on you, mm-hmm. you would still get kind of fucked up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then then she, then this is this is interesting because then uh, Batcher flies up and, and Godzilla breaks free because can't mean can't keep the G-Man down and he blasts him with his fire breath and he falls to the ground because he's singed. Then Mothra sees Batcher getting beaten and then she's like lands near him and just starts like, communicating with like starts like glittering at him right she starts like mothra starts like she's like she is getting all her 90s glam going yeah (laughs) that was glitter all the way she's using her kat von d palette and guys this is jokes for me Uh, (laughs) these are jokes for me and the ladies (laughs) mothra's a lady so it's okay <laughs> All right, me and George can make some more jokes about a, a softcore porn stuff. Yeah, you guys have for the fellas. Uh, this is where Mothra teaches Batra. It becomes Batra's fairy drag drag mother, and um, <laughs> and so then they put aside their differences in some weird conversation that we obviously it doesn't. It's like you just assumed. You know what I like too about the scene right here, where, mm-hmm. where Mothra is communicating with Batra. There is a moment where the cosmos. It's like a throwaway scene. They cut to the cosmos, and the cosmos kind of like look at each other, like, 
Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, even like, like, what's she doing? <laughs> uh, this is way beyond our pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> They're also in this sequence, they are, the cosmos are contained in like a, some sort of hybrid lunchbox slash bird yes. cage. Yeah. It has like little bars that they can look through to observe yes. the action, but it's great. They're just being toted around. I love just, it. Yeah. And they do like some cool shit where they pan across to see them too. So it really looks like it's just like, they're part of that like they're not superimposing it all the time yeah they sit in pretty well to the environments but the the texture on mothra's suit is very i mean that's the one that's the most like kind of like felt like you can yeah. kind of, you can pretty much tell that this is it, it, it's it's i guess the least convincing of them it's more than enough for me but Mothra's it? Mothra's, I feel I like. I liked it. I, I, I think it looks it. cool. Because yeah. moth, moths are fuzzy. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's true. That's a, moths be fuzzy. You, you you just rarely you never see them at this scale, obviously. No. That's true, that's true. Really but if you rare. saw a big old moth, there's a lot of dust coming off that's of the true. wings. And they're very fuzzy if I get close to them. They're very um, fuzzy. I like I like um I hate small moths and I um hate uh, medium-sized moths, mm. but I like big little moths. Interesting. Wow. That's... Have you ever fucking tried to get to know small moths? <laughs> 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 nope. It's just George C. George Smash. Because <laughs> they eat your clothes. So I'm like, get the fuck out. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I hate moths and I hate silverfish for the pretty much. Oh, I hate silverfish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't hate silverfish. We've been over this on oh, this podcast so where gross. I have a neutrality towards silverfish. Oh. Am I supposed to hate them yes. and why? You can feel however you want about any living creature i will just say that <laughs> true <laughs> i find silverfish to be disgusting like they like to me they're associated with a dirty kitchen in a shitty apartment and so I that, that's what i always think about i only see them in the bathroom yeah in the bathroom too a dirty bathroom too well My bathroom's clean well, also your fucking books and comics. Check that shit if you haven't. If you have them in boxes, yeah, somewhere. yeah I've seen them in there. Yeah, I've started yeah, yeah. wrapping all my shit in plastic if I'm putting it in storage That's to fair. keep it from silverfish. This is why you gotta have cats because they just take care of that. That's this is a game for yeah. them. This is what it is. Um, so they they are gonna go fight together against Godzilla, and she then got Mothra uses. Uh, she uses her epic weapon like she uses her fucking you know her special move and it is a 3d mirror which reflects back any attack which is fucking cool as hell and apparently how this is uh, uh, meant to be is that those are scales from her wings Oh, and then they reflect cool. it back, which I love. That makes that. Sense, I love yeah. that. So then he breaks the mirror because eventually he he's able to overpower it. And then Mothra gets knocked to the ground, and the Ferris wheel almost falls on her. Yeah, and this is a real cool saving moment. Love this. Just as the Ferris wheel is going to crush Mothra, or uh, Batra comes in and saves yes. the day. Batra comes in, stops that fucking Ferris wheel. It just grabs it. I mean, you saw it kind of happen, in, like coming when the Ferris wheel started to fall. But like, I still was surprised. I'm like, wow, what a twist. Yes, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And then Batra carries it over and they fucking hook in it. Like yeah. fucking frisbee it onto Godzilla. And then while Godzilla's pinned beneath it, they just f- take turns just beating the ever-living fuck out of him. Yeah, I, I really uh, was surprised by this twist in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be Bat- Godzilla and Mothra teaming up against Batra. That was my assumption as well. But I, thought, I thought the exact same thing. I was super surprised. Yeah, I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought it, it did not disappoint. I did not see it coming. 
what a twist uh really cool and also yeah that ferris wheel part two like it's it's almost like a giant saw wheel hitting godzilla at the end of the movie right yeah it's like fucking real life. great yeah and then they carry him then they duo carry him out to sea mm-hmm. and then this is sad because batra's batra has gone through an arc in this and he's yeah. become a good guy and godzilla fucking flames him in the neck and he yeah. bleeds all over and he's dying yeah mortally wounded mortally good, leaking wounded. Uh, icky yellow blood yellowish blood mm-hmm. it's uh i guess that's that's bug blood that's the color of oh, a bug sure blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's the universal oh, sure. color of bug blood it is red yeah. bugs blood black bugs blood remember that tongue twister nope no. just no. theater kids all right see oh. you later <laughs> I'll, I'll put that over with my cat von d palette in my, in my girl jokes <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, everybody. People liked it. (laughs) Um, So, so then Mothra has to let him go, and then Mothra or Godzilla and Batra go like into the ocean, and then she puts, then she like circles the seal, seals it, yeah, yeah. Which was, I thought the painting on that was pretty good. I thought this was was okay. This was probably the best representation of Mothra in the series, other than uh, Mothra Two that that we saw with Anne Maddox. She's Mothra Two. She did turn into another form of battle Mothra. The the Aqua dope ass battle Mothra. Really cool bottom Mothra. But in this one, I like that you saw Mothra. She she shot shit out of her antenna, and she also dropped lightning from her wings. She had the the laser prism uh, weapon. Uh, Like Mothra wasn't just like uh, uh, you know like. Like oh yeah, Mothra was a star this movie. in this one. Yeah. Like, Godzilla, if anything, Godzilla seems a little tacked on. If anything. Yeah, Godzilla was definitely, I, but I do like that Godzilla was a bad boy in this one. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, there's a world where it could have just been the the Mothra versus Batra movie, but it's, and it, I, it, but, but I feel like the wild card of Godzilla and then just the payoff of them ultimately having to team up the two moth creatures to yeah. defeat uh, Godzilla is just so satisfying. So Very satisfying. Cool. Then we get this epilogue where Mothra basically sits at the airport as if it's like the end of Star Wars. And it's yeah. like, you think she's going to get a giant medal. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of a giant medal, <laughs> instead of a giant medal, the cosmos explained that there's going to be a meteor that yeah. actually destroys the Earth. <laughs> In 1999. Very specific, very weird. Yes. And, and pretty soon, like yeah. really yeah. imminent. Yeah, like six years from now. Is that like when the next movie's coming out? Are you guys like hinting? Because then, because then, in uh, America, God, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla came out in '94. Okay, yeah, so so there was. So why were they hinting in '99? Did anything come out in '99? No, nah, I don't know. I think yeah. they probably threw it that way. Uh, and then they then, uh, but so Batra was supposed to destroy the meteor. So like, yeah. good job, you fucks. But now Mothra's going to go do it, and so the Mothra flies into deep space. She's going to go do it, and then, uh, and then they. The cosmos tell humanity like, hey, remember Mothra. Like, take a moment. They say, please take a moment to remember Mothra. Yeah. But, you know, everybody take a moment yeah. to remember Mothra as she goes into outer space. And this is where Jeff really flipped out because he was like, there's no way over there. Why is she flapping her wings? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's not from the, like, the, I think they said she's an extraterrestrial anyway. So whatever. Yeah, she can do what she wants. Yeah. Blocked. <laughs> yeah, block, block. <laughs> block, block your, block your boyfriend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just locking the door. <laughs> You've been blocked in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I did try to I was like do our one minute review and then uh, and he's oh, like yeah. maybe next time so oh yeah by the way we should give people an update on that so uh, so that's the end of the film which hey. I thought we thought was an excellent this is one of my tops it's great it's so so fun so Top five fun. for sure it's I'm so good. glad you chose it Wiger yeah. um, and then uh uh and also just a credit to Mothra's song written was written by Yuji Koseki um 
Uh, and and uh, so before we before we wrap it up to let you guys know, J- our Jay Hazrajani that does our minute our Jay takes for a minute. He he had never seen a Godzilla movie before this podcast, and then we forced him <laughs> to watch them and then call us and give a one minute review. Usually it was from his car for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Jay has to take some time off because Jay is like selling a show and he's a oh, wow. he's an artist too so Fantastic. it's he's doing the the storyboarding for all of it so uh jake goldman who has come on the podcast before but has not seen many godzilla films has agreed to take jay's place Yay. wow Yay. from jay to jake from jay to jake from, yeah. what was that from justin to kelly yeah. was the American <laughs> <Idol> movie. <laughs> that's right and so so starting uh starting after for our next movie uh jake will be doing those very cool um and then uh also, uh, here's. Uh, do we have any voicemails? By we the do. Way? We have one uh, quick voicemail about um, the episode we did for for the classic 1954 Godzilla. Oh, okay. Let me let me just make this one announcement first. Uh, so, uh, if you guys know about G Fan Magazine, I did an interview with them. They called me and they hey. had me do an interview. Cool. And uh, so, uh, thank you to Jason Stranges from G Fan Magazine. Uh, and everybody, go go pick it up. Uh, I think you can get it at most comic book stores uh, and online. So G and it's like G hyphen fan. Do you know which uh, which like uh, which month or which episode? Uh, which I think issue? they do it quarterly or something. So it's just okay, the most gotcha. recent one. Very it's out cool. now. Uh, they didn't interview you because they were interested in, in female Godzilla fans nice uh, and uh, which by the way there are lots of us and to the point in with Godzilla versus Mothra uh, they knew that the mo- the majority of domestic Japanese moviegoers to Godzilla films were females wow how about Interesting. that yeah that's also from this book oh um, I, that reminds me I, I didn't play this clip too there's one last clip I haven't played it was from the daughter uh, like daughter like mother she's kind of like throwing some shade to her dad too at this uh, oh the yeah yeah place. yeah oh yeah they reunite so just how do you plan on paying my alimony, Takuya. Please don't steal any more, Daddy, because I don't want to be a thief's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Who does, honey? Rules. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Um... And uh, real quick, we got one voicemail this week uh, from a guy who watched our 1954 uh, classic Godzilla episode, the original, and uh, had some thoughts on it. Here's uh, here's that voicemail. Oh, man, I just got done listening to episode 21, Godzilla 1954. Man, it, what a good episode. It's one of the few movies I own. Uh, so I was able to like watch along during the podcast and I have a oh, nice. totally new appreciation for the movie. All the behind the scenes stuff you guys gave was just, just great. Really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Oh, I also noticed, uh, Haley didn't seem to say any bad words. Like, uh, she's real <laughs> cute when she swears, but you know, it was kind of nice. It was a little more family friendly. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but uh, talk to you guys later. Bye bye. <laughs> it was unintentional. Yeah, totally unintentional. We tried. Yeah. Oh well. We'll go. We'll go add some in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll add some cuss words in post. Yeah, we'll do it, man. Uh, yet, I mean, my mom agrees with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely. She hates how much I swear. But. We went back and forth when we first started this podcast. Like, like I don't know, are we swearing too much, too little? Can't help it. Yeah, it's just fun. It's just, if, it, if it comes naturally, it's not something we're uh, you know we try to or try to avoid. Right. But it, sometimes uh, it just calls for it, and some episodes are much raunchier yeah. than others. That does remind me that we will have a couple family friendly episodes this season uh, with friends that have kids that are have 
become really big fans or were already fans before the 2019. Which uh, well, I oh, will cool. not swear in those. And, which means I'll be edited out completely. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> uh, so, Weiger, uh, before we go, yes. we ask all of our guests, uh, what would your kaiju be? What would it What would it look like? What's the name? What powers does it have? Uh, yeah. Sky's the limit. This is, uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited to get to do this exercise. I want to ask first, it, it, has anyone tackled a crustacean? Ooh. I don't think, I don't so. think so. Because no. I always felt like the most kaiju-like creature in terms of if it, like this exists in the wild and if I saw this the size of a Godzilla I would this would be a nightmare to me as a lobster. Oh yeah. yeah. The big fucking giant claws, the yes. armor, I just imagine just like bullets oh, and like yeah. you know artillery fire just bouncing off of it like fucking tennis balls. Oh yeah. Do you uh, have what? What kind of special power? Because there is, there's a Bira, a Bira, the, right. okay. the the monster of the deep. But he's like a big lobster. But he's a he's, big lobster. He's okay. not very power. Like there, he's kind of. I mean, he's okay. Can, but, can I go like like a, can I like king crab or something? Oh yeah, yeah. Like something with like some gigantic oh, spider legs. Even, yeah, because then you got the the you got some real like then you can actually move to the sides easier too. Right, because that's a problem with for a Bira. Uh-huh. So you king crab, and then do you have it? Can you shoot anything? Can you maybe you could shoot spikes or something yeah i like well look let me know if this is a hat on a hat or deviates too far from kaiju conventions but in addition to being fascinated by crustaceans my favorite monster is the mummy Hell so yeah. could we make it some sort of mummy like oh my god yes. I love it. like yes. it's got yeah. some sort oh, of that's so okay good. i love it very cool and oh, yeah. does he have a name uh no but he can uh <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you listener <laughs> Uh, can it can it be can I can I use my own name? Is that too self indulgent? Can I no, call him? Can I call him Wigera? Oh, I love it. Wigera, Wigera, good, yeah. awesome. All right, Very King cool. Crab, Mummy, Wigera. All right, so listeners, and he you know uh, he do. barfs acid. And only Very cool. I like that a lot. Good. I like that. It's interesting. You, you, your uh, your kaiju sounds like it has a haunted element to it. Um, Heather's uh, kaiju on the show. She did a monolith. A monolith where with a bleeding pe- eye. With a bleeding wow. eye. Where if if people got close to it, they would they would kill themselves. Right? Yeah. Was that the? Was yeah, that they it? made eye Jesus contact Christ. with it or something. Like yeah, that. it was yeah, very like dark. And, and, it was like really it make dark. them go crazy. I was like, wow. Oh yeah, they go crazy and they kill themselves. Yeah, it was both kind of picked like haunted kaiju's. That's kind of interesting. I guess so. Very cool. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm more scared of Heather now. <laughs> yes. I know. I was like, she did that, and I was like, man, mine's like, I think I based mine on an Eevee Pokemon. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Weiger, where can people find you? Uh, at Nick Weiger on social media platforms. I on on Twitter. I uh, am very. I'm insufferable about, about politics these days. You also tweet Wow a I lot. Do, I tweet Wow when I'm watching the NBA. Uh, and uh, on Instagram, I just post uh, holiday-themed Sonic the Hedgehog fan art. So <laughs> Amazing. check that out. And Doughboys Podcast. Yeah, and- Doughboys Podcast and How Did This Get Played. Doughboys comes out on Thursdays. We review chain restaurants. Me and my buddy Mike Mitchell, also on this pod, also a previously get- previous guest of this podcast. And Heather Ann Campbell. the funniest. Funny dude. Heather Ann Campbell, who we mentioned, uh, who, is, uh, is, who is brilliant and funny. Uh 
is her co-host so, how did this get played the show where we play the worst and weirdest video games of all time yep uh, and, as well and that and Haley you've been a guest on both those I've podcasts if you're looking if you're looking for a, a jumping on point either of Haley's episodes yeah, jump, are both on, jump on my episode and I think yeah. it's on all of the regular podcast platforms yeah uh and uh you can uh follow us at zero z-e-r-o underscore godzilla um I'm at Haley Mancini I'm at Maddox Rules thank you for listening till next time I'm George I'm Haley I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important <laughs> We welcome you. <laughs> hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs> <laughs>